We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sunday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Mark Echo. I'm joined by Gage Bridgeford, and we're getting ready for Sunday night football between the Border War of the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, a game that by the time the Packers take the field tonight, Gage, they may know, depending what happens in, with the Cowboys and Cardinals, that if they win, they wrap up the number one seed in the NFC. So interesting day of football ahead of us and capped off by the Packers taking on the Vikings tonight. A little bit of, of a re- revenge game as well for the Packers since the Vikings beat them earlier this year in Minnesota. Yeah, I was uh, on the Wednesday edition of the pod earlier this week with uh, Sarah, and we were kind of looking at looking ahead at this game and kind of discussing some different things. One of the listener questions we got was, does Green Bay clinch the number one seed this week, or do they shoot themselves? in the foot and at the time I my reply was I mean Green Bay the only way they can clinch the number one seed without multiple teams without them tying and multiple teams losing is if they win and Dallas loses which that's possible but at the same time Arizona has been in a bit of a tailspin lately so I'm not counting on that and then like Green Bay controls their destiny them uh, they and the Chiefs are the only two teams in either conference that 100% control their seeding destiny win out you get the one seed and Green Bay when I recorded on Tuesday was a around a minus 280 favorite favored by about six and a half to seven depending on what sports book you were looking at and then yesterday morning we got the news that Kirk Cousins had tested positive for COVID-19 was symptomatic and was out for tonight's game and then now Green Bay is a minus 725 favorite depending on what uh, sports book you're looking at they're now favored by 12 and a half to 13 uh the total also dropped from it opened at 47 and a half bounced up to 48 and a half very briefly and then has now been bet all the way down to right around 42 and a half uh pretty much across the board here so that's a six point drop there green bay is a seven point favorite in the first half it's a just huge amount of movement with the absence of Kirk Cousins. And honestly, I don't know if it should have been that much of a movement just because the Vikings just a couple weeks or what was it last week against the Rams where Kirk Cousins only had like 80. No, it was against the Bears. Kirk Cousins had like 80 passing yards and they won by eight points because 
doubt or because they could just run the ball all they wanted. And Green Bay has not stopped the run at all in the last two weeks. So I don't know where, like, and Dalvin Cook's healthy and in the, and in the active lineup. I don't know what they're thinking Green Bay's going to do here. Green Bay's dealing well, with injuries up front. They're not going to just magically be able to stop the run, are they? Yes, they are. Because when you know if a team's one-handed, you should be able to stop it. I mean, keyword should. Again, I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to presume anything, but if I'm, if, if I'm Joe Barry, I'm Dalvin Cook not beating me today. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to take Dalvin. Now, if, if Sean Mannion and whoever else beats me, well, I take my hat off to him and say, great game, Sean Mannion. But no, I can't let Dalvin Cook, whoever, and then unless you, you say Dalvin Cook's healthy, well, he's act. He did have COVID. Your first game back after COVID, is he 100%? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know how sick he was. I don't know what his symptoms were. Uh, but still, I'm, I'm respecting Dalvin Cook and the Viking running game, but I'm, go, I'm doing all I can, whether it's putting extra guys in the butt, whatever I have to do. I'm not letting Dalvin Cook go crazy because that's the only possible way for, for me to... I don't think Sean Mannion, who also had COVID last week, and I, I don't believe he practiced all week. He didn't get activated until... Friday when they found out Cousins had COVID. So he's, I mean, he didn't even take a snap. He's not, he's really not ready to play, Sean Knight. He hasn't practiced in I don't know how long. Um, so they're, 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 from the quarterback standpoint, the Vikings are really in trouble. Now, like I said, Dalvin Cook is, a, you know, that, so you really just have to stop Dalvin Cook and do whatever it takes. I don't care what it takes. If you have to, whatever you have to do to stop Dalvin Cook. So I'm, I think that's obviously why the line went up and the, and the over-under came, came down. Um, now again, if they, if they lose to Dalvin Cook, shame on them. Shame on the Packers and shame on Joe Barry for not coming up with a better scheme that, that stops it. I mean, that's my that's my main thing here, is Green Bay has been a bit suspect in recent weeks after that strong stretch in the middle of the year. They have been playing soft coverage and giving up a lot of space to opposing wide receivers, and I just, I have confidence in Barry's ability to make that adjustment for Matt LaFleur to go to him and say, hey, this is what we need to be doing here. We need to play tight defense. We need to get up on these, we need to get up on the wide receivers, especially with Adam Thielen out for the year. That's a huge right. boost to, to Green Bay's chances. And you need to go and you need to make a concerted effort to stop the run, load the box. I just don't know that they're going to do that because I've seen too many instances in the last several years in terms of Green Bay defense where they just don't do the simple thing that everybody at home sitting on their couch is like, hey, this is all you got to do. They're, they're, this is all they can do is they can run the ball on you. Why, why do they have to run the ball? Because they're starting a backup quarterback who, as you pointed out, has not got a lot of snaps has been had just got activated two days ago and the, and you've got to and you're just I'm not confident in them stopping the run because I don't I can't say that yep they're going to go out and they're going to load the box and say all right good luck Dalvin or good luck Sean Mannion if you beat us hat tip to you right yeah I just don't know that they're going to do that because too often I think NFL coaches both coordinators head coaches whoever I think they get too cute sometimes and they don't do the simple thing and I'm like what what am I not getting what am I not getting that you're not doing the simple thing that all of us can see is what you have to do. Yeah, I hope you're, uh, you know, you may be right. I hope you're not because today's not the, the, today's not a day to be cute. Today's a day to play, to do what you got to do and win the game. And especially if Arizona can pull off the upset of Dallas, which I'm with you. I think Dallas wins that game. Dallas is, is playing very well right now. The Cardinals, like, as you said, are, <clears throat> have struggled of late, but it wouldn't be a total shocker. I mean, Arizona, you know, you know, Dallas has thrown in a couple clunkers this year. They lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Raiders and Arizona has, you know, going back a, a month or two has played 
very well. So it's in it's in both of their DNAs that the Cardinals could be. So especially if the Cardinals and the Packers will know that game will be over, but be, before the Packers kick off, um, <clears throat> they'll know. And if if the number one seed is there for the taking, and they let Dalvin Cook run run wild, well, you know that's then they have nobody to blame but themselves. Yeah, I. I think the Green Bay should win this game, especially against uh, secondary for the Vikings that I don't think is great. And Cam Dantzler, who's been one of their better corners this year, is uh, doubtful to play. Did not practice on Thursday or Friday he, uh, after not, and that was that's with a calf injury, which we know how soft tissue injuries work. Mm-hmm. They when they pop up later in the week, they're generally a little bit harder to come back from. Harris Smith should be uh, his full participant. He's off the injury report. Uh, Chaz Surratt, Tyler Conklin, both questionable. Michael Pierce, defensive tackle, uh, who he got in, he popped up with a non-COVID illness on Friday. So it'll be interesting to see his status. I assume he's going to try to play, but we'll have to wait and see there. But the Viking secondary isn't anything overwhelmingly great. But as we saw in the first matchup, Green Bay could have had a great matchup in the running game despite not having Aaron Jones, and they didn't really want to exploit it. And we heard from Aaron Rodgers this week on the Pat McAfee show say that he wants to be more cutthroat and more step on the throats of their opponents as they've let the Rams, or not the Rams, the Ravens and the Browns come back into games in the last two weeks. And Rodgers went on the show and more or less said, like, hey, let's when we're going, let's go and end it. Let's not wait around. Let's not play with the like, quote unquote play with our food. Let's go for the kill shot here. And I think that this is a secondary Green Bay can do that. And minus Mercedes Lewis, which as of recording this, we don't know if he's going to be activated for this game or not. Rodgers has pretty much his full assortment of weapons. MBS is here. Obviously, Cobb's still out with his injury, but otherwise he's got MBS. He's got Lazard. He's got Devontae. He's got Aaron Jones. He's got AJ Dillon. He's got, an, he's got more than enough weapons here to go out and perform. Plus with Everson Griffin out, the Vikings don't have nearly as fierce of a pass rush as they should, as they would like to. Green Bay can put up points here. My, my only worry for this game is on the other side of the ball and just is Green going to do the smart thing, load the box, and say, we're not going to let Dalvin Cook beat us. Yeah, that's, that's obviously the question of the day. And, you know, they, they, they did kind of go for the kill last week, if, but a rare drop by Devontae Adams in that game isn't nearly as... My, my blood pressure doesn't spike during that game. If Devontae Adams makes a catch that he usually makes 98 times out of 100, that's, you know, I don't know if he would have scored, but it would have been a big gainer. They would have been in, in Brown's territory. I'm, I'm going back to late in the game when the Packers had the ball was third and whatever. And Rodgers. But when I'm saying go for the kill shot, I'm saying don't let the Browns start coming back in the game in the first place. Don't let the Ravens start coming back in the game in the first place. Go, keep keep the foot on the pedal. Don't just try and throttle back up when, oh, they're trying to make a game out of it. Let's go ahead and try and throttle up again. It's when you're rolling and you're clicking, just yeah. stick to what's working. Stop trying to change it and be like, okay, well, we got a good enough lead. Let's go ahead and just play it conservative. Let's come out and go out of here with a win. Just Well, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but they didn't go conservative. That wasn't a conservative play thrown deep. That, that one, but uh, but everything that led up to that is more what I'm getting at. Like because there was those, there was a few drives where they didn't do hardly anything in the second half. Well, none they didn't do anything after the, they had a nice drive to open. To open. And they got settled for a field goal, and then the three drives after that, one was um, the one they did get. They did get conservative. I think that's because Josh Neiman was out of the game on that drive, um, and that was a bad. They, they were Aaron Jones gained seven yards on first down. It's second and three, and they didn't pick it up. They they ran it the next two times, and Jones got stuff. I think it was a very good play. By the by, the Browns that snuffed out that that little toss play that normally works and, and, and has worked um, most of the season. I mean, they, they only it was third and two. They only needed two yards. Um, I guess they could have thrown there, but they they chose to do that. So they were 
conservative there. But then the other drive, they, and like I said, if Adam Zaki dropped two balls on that drive, one, I'll give, I'll give Denzel Ward a little bit of credit for, for breaking up the one. But if you're the, you know, best wide receiver in football and want to get paid like the best wide receiver in, in football, you kind of got to make that catch too. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. He should have caught that ball. I just, I look at you have after the field goal drive, three plays, negative one yard. But I was the, that was the, the reverse that lost nine, right? Uh, yes, that was the, yep, yeah. that was the reverse. So I three plays, like negative play. one yard and a punt, three plays, seven yards, punt, and then five plays, 17 yards, punt, and then obviously that was the drive where, uh, Devontae dro- dropped the ball. But it's just, I, and I mean, you go back to the week before against Baltimore and Green Bay again just didn't really put their foot down until late in the game, until like, like the game was over and they nearly, they nearly got no, beat Baltimore at the end. Like they, in the second half, they scored 10 points or they scored 17 points in the second half. Great. But they got outscored down the stretch of the game where Baltimore scored two touchdowns in the final like seven minutes of the game or so. And you didn't do, you didn't do anything. You had a three play negative nine yard drive. And then after that, the other one you'd had was a five play 18 yard drive where you got a field goal because the Ravens got aggressive and tried to go for, and try to go for it. I just, I'm nervous about this Green Bay team not wanting to throttle up at all times. And I don't know what the reason is. And there's obviously there's no way for me to, like ask Matt LaFleur and say, Hey, is there a reason why you guys don't try and just score as much as you can? And I'm, well, they did, but they, again, not ball, but Cleveland, they did. That was a, that was a pass that Adams catches. Like, but that, um, but uh, my focus isn't on that. My focus is on the stuff. Which, which, which series are you, are you focused on? The two drives before that, where they had well, one scene was out of the game. They okay. ran a toss play that is probably 78, 80 some percent success. And the Cleveland guy made a good play. Sometimes, yeah, I, sometimes you have to say the defense makes a good play. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I agree with that, but what about the other two plays there that you, all you, I mean, you gained back your, your nine, you gained back nine yards on two more oh, plays. Oh, that was a terror. I didn't like the reverse at all, but that's not conservative running a reverse. That's trying to make a big play too, which is, uh, St. Brown to me is, I don't, I'm not, I've never been a St. Brown fan. I don't think he's very good. Um, if that's MVS, maybe it goes, maybe it goes, I don't know, but I think maybe I, if you I, run I it, like I mean, if you're going to try and do that with Nijman out of the 
game, would, why wouldn't you try and run that end around the opposite direction? Is probably well, what no, the Neesman was in the game for the. I thought he, I thought you said that he was out of the game no, for that drive. He was out of the game when they when they when it went when Jones gained seven yards. Okay, and the, Jones uh, gained one so, yard, and gotcha. then they then they do the, they did the toss play. They did, they they ran the ball three times with Neesman out of the game. I guess because they didn't want to have Ben Braden in in pass protection. I, that, I'm assuming no one no no one has come out and said that, but it makes sense that they they wanted to run three times without their left tackle, and so and they I mean normally Aaron Jones picks that up. So it's not like they, they didn't like, they, they weren't taking a knee. I mean, they, they were trying, I think they were trying to do things. They just, it just didn't work. Um, like I said, in the past, Adams, if he catches that, we're not even having this conversation because they, they would have scored again and his final score would have been, you know, 31 to whatever, you know, but I'm more concerned that the defense didn't, you know, let Baltimore go down the field and score at will and let Cleveland almost. Although I will say this about the defense against Cleveland. If you tell me they're going to get five sacks and four interceptions every week, I don't care how many yards they give up. Yeah, I know you and I. T- I know you and I talked about this uh, on our recap pod last week, where it was. There's been no team since the year two th- since I think it was like 2000 or 2001 that had ever won, a- had ever lost yes. a game where they had five sacks, five or more sacks, and four or more interceptions. That had never happened before, right. so that didn't change. But let's go ahead and uh, finish wrapping up this. this and again, this week here. going against a quarter, going against a Sean Mannion at quarterback. Um, and I'm a little. I, I thought we were going to see Kellen Bond. To be honest, I, I thought we might see the rookie. Um, whoever, either either one. I expect press get after him. I mean, Sean Manuel will, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't, I don't know enough about him, I haven't seen him play a whole lot, but, you know, you pressure him, he's probably going to throw some bad passes or take some bad sacks. So I could see another, I could hope, hopefully see the defense put up another put up another effort where they get, you know, multiple sacks and maybe multiple picks. As yeah. long as you keep them, you know, you can't let Cook gain eight yards on first down and make us, you know, keep, keep the running game in check, make it third and nine, third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve, you know? Yeah, no, that is definitely the way to beat this team, especially when you look at uh, Sean Mannion's athletic scores. Not the most athletic guy. He's no. got good size, 6'6", 229, uh, 33 and a half inch arms. All of those are 74th percentile or higher, including his height, which is 95th percentile. However, hand size, 8th or eight, percentile, 9 inch hands, not large. And no, for, I for, for a guy his size, it's very small. Yeah. Uh, 10 yard split on his 40 was 1.87 seconds, which is the 3rd percentile. 40 was a 5.14. Uh, that's fourth percentile so he and he had a 105 inch broad jump that's 18th percentile the guy is not explosive he's not going to beat you with his athleticism he's not going to get outside the pocket which is why i love that he's starting for the vikings with kenny clark who we know that kenny clark loves playing against this vikings front and so if you are able to force those third and long situations i think that the edge rushers and clark can have a very very good day here my whole thing is, as you said, don't let Dalvin Cook break off eight yards on first down. Keep him in third and long or keep him into passing situations or not like non-obvious run situations because if you can do that, I don't... I, Justin Jefferson cooked Eric Stokes in the first game. There's no way around it, but there's no. But there's only so much a backup quarterback like Sean Mannion can do when the entire defense and everybody in the building is like, hey, he's got to throw it here. We all know it. He knows that we know it. It's us It's us versus them here, and you're not going to... He's not going to have time to get... He's not going to have time to complete passes down the field just because there just won't be any time to work with. So yeah. I think the Green Bay should win this game. I do. Yeah. I do. 
just as long, I'm just scared of the run defense being one because the longer those drives are sustained, the more the defense, the offense is off the field and the defense is on the field and they'll get worn down. And then it'll be similar to what we saw in the previous meeting where Green Bay's defense just kind of got worn down over the course of the game and they just couldn't stop Minnesota on that final drive if they tried because they were, they were too worn out to do anything but just say, well, we're going to try and you're just going to run it on us and you'll complete passes and whatever. And that's the ball game. Well, hopefully, um, the, you know, the, the, the turnovers the Packers have generated the last couple of weeks, uh, the D-backs are holding on to the ball better because if they catch a couple interceptions against Minnesota the last time, they win that. And one in particular, we all know, where Savage had one right. I mean, they had to replay it to take it away from him. Um, you know, if he catches, if he makes that play, if they don't overturn it. I mean, and it was probably your right call to overturn it, but if they don't, you know, the, the Packers win that game. I mean, they, they're going to, they're in almost in field, field goal position after, you know, and not, you know, they've had to gain a little bit of yards, but, um, that was, that was the total turning point of that game right there. So they're going to win. I mean, I, we'll, we'll pick our scores, but I, I'm pretty confident in a, in a, in a Packer win tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm going Packer win. I think that this is a situation where Green Bay is just, Green Bay is the better team and they know that they can control their destiny. And I, and, I've noticed over the few, over the three years that we've had LaFleur when Rodgers makes a statement in public such as, why aren't we going for kill shots more? They tend to come out a little more, they, they tend to make those adjustments in the next game. They tend to, like, LaFleur and Rodgers clearly have good feedback and a good back and forth and rapport and whatnot, and it seems that when Rodgers says something, LaFleur listens to him and they try to make those changes the following week. So, I think, I mean, this could be a big, I think this could be a big Rodgers game, and I wouldn't oh, yeah. be mad about it. Granted, the weather's going to be cold, so you do have to factor that in. It's supposed to be one of the ten coldest games in Lambeau history, I believe I read the other day. And um, that's definitely not great for the whole like passing aspect of things. The ball is going to be deflated, or is going to be ball is going to have the air sucked out of it. The Vikings are going to try and just play the grit grind uh, game and just survive that way. It's supposed to be eight degrees around kickoff tomorrow. That's and, and going down as the game goes because uh, yep, well, so it's supposed to be uh. four at about ten p.m. So about two hours into the game, it'll be four, and that's not in factoring in the wind. Although the wind says it's only supposed to be about five miles an hour tomorrow, so there that's won't not be See, we, there won't be a ton of wind. Right, which is very off. important to the passing game. Wind wind affects it way more than I mean, cold does too, obviously, but wind really affects it. Uh, but you know, the Vikings, even though they're in Minnesota, they're they're still a dome team, and I don't like a dome team coming outside. Again, Packers need to get on them early, get the lead like they you know they, like they've done recently, and I think those the Vikings might want to just go home. <laughs> they're not going to want to play in four degree weather. Well, I mean, the Vikings are playing for their their yeah. playoff lives here. Yeah, but a lot of lives end too. I think the Vikings' yeah, they, life, life is going to end. They do, but I mean, you like Vikings have been scrappy. I got I had a debate with somebody on Twitter the other day about this, where it's just they've been a scrappy team uh, against Green Bay. They always give Green Bay their best shot. They're seven and eight, so I think it's I think if they lose here, I think they're out out at yeah. this point. Um, oh, no, yeah. If they lose, they're done. So this is their this is their last shot. And I mean, even, even if they win, they're not in. They have they, they no, they're not no, they're not in. But like they at least have life. Right. So right. it'll be they it'll have be to win them both. I think either the Eagles. Or or yeah, they need help. Somebody else have, has to lose. They need, uh, I believe, they need 49ers and Eagles both to lose out, and I think they need to win out. That's what, that's, that's what it looks like to me from what I'm seeing, and they might. Well, need, then they could need be. More well, help. If that's the case, they could be eliminated by the time the game starts. Because if the, if the Eagles beat Washington, which they probably should, then they're, then the Vikings could be out when the game starts. I mean, the 49ers got to play Houston, so right. 
So, and even with Trey Lance, that's still a, that's a win, more than winnable game yeah. for San Francisco. All right, yes, let's go ahead good. and get into predictions real quick. Okay, I'm going to go. It's, I don't think it's going to be a total blowout, but I don't think it's going to be a nerve wracker either. I'm going to go Green Bay 27, Minnesota 14. All right, so you would have the under hitting barely. It, it, barely. it gets close, but it barely hits there. Uh, I'm going to go a little more conservative. I think Green Bay wins 24 to 10. Um, just Green Bay has not necessarily been the most high scoring team all year. They can do that when they want to, but they have rarely wanted to. And even though I think Rodgers could have a big game here, I think that LaFleur could have the like aggressive mentality of trying to put up big plays, trying to put up big points. I just don't know that they're necessarily going to do that yet. I think Green Bay is more than content to go. And also this would be Green Bay is undefeated at home on the year. They're seven and zero thus far. They uh, hopefully, I believe they'll go eight and zero there. They are just, they're the better team. They're the better team. They're one of, if not the best team in the NFL this year. They've been consistent week to week. Outside of week one, this team has been consistent every week. Even with Jordan Love under center, they were consistent and tried to do, play their brand of football. And if they have Aaron Rodgers, they probably blow the Chiefs out on the road. Instead, you had Jordan Love in his first start and just, it was a, recipe for disaster but i think green bay wins this game i think that they move up and become 13 and 3 for the 13 and 3 for the third straight year obviously the chance to go 14 and 3 the following week and i think they maintain control of their destiny because if the cowboys win and green bay loses green bay no longer has control of their destiny in terms of playoff seating no yeah yeah so you like the under even more i do 10 score by the way i do because i don't i think sean Mannion is even worse than we're giving him credit for <laughs> but i know we're not giving a ton of credit well, I only gave him 14. I didn't give him, I didn't give him too many more points, but you, you, you took it down. I just, I, I think it's you more just, both that, yeah, I did. I, because I think Green Bay is content to win by 14 points. I, and I mean, you had him winning by 13, obviously. Yeah, I think they're content to win by 14. And I think that Green Bay still has some struggles in the red zone. And I think that they can still have a few drives that stall out here and there, even by, either by a drop or, uh, Rogers thinks he's going to get a pass interference call and doesn't get it or a defense makes a good play or what have you. And I think that, so I think that that's where the slightly lower score comes in. Green Bay still gets a field goal instead of two. Also, with the uh, so what I was factoring in there, cold ball, you're not going to be able to kick it as far. So you might have more situations where Green Bay is going for it uh, in areas where they would normally kick a field goal just to try and preserve Crosby and say, hey, we don't want you kicking this rock um, tonight. So. <laughs> That's, so that's kind of where my lower score came in there. And I mean, same thing goes for Minnesota. They're going to be, I think, I predict they'll be playing from behind. So they'll have to be going for it more and might not be able to score as many touchdowns as they, as they normally would. So go ahead, uh, Mark, let the people know what you're working on and, uh, we will get out of here and let everybody enjoy the rest of their Sunday. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at MarkEckle08 and at, um, PackerReport.com. Um, I'll be writing, um, I have a story up now about what Gage mentioned earlier, cold weather games in Lambeau. And, um, there haven't been as many as you, you, you might think. And this is going to be, be one of the coldest. And then of course, right after the game, I'll have, I'll have my instant analysis up as quickly as I, as I can when the game ends. So it'll be a late night here. That's okay. I don't mind as long as it's the Packers win. I, don't, I won't mind staying up late and writing the story. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at GBridge for the NFL. Still doing fantasy analysis uh, for Rotoballer and Dynasty Nerds. Uh, still answering fantasy football questions. So if you're listening to this uh, early in the morning, uh, I am over on my Twitter answering any and all questions sent my way. 
Uh, you can find my Denver, uh, Denver Nuggets work, uh, for the DenverStiffs.com, over at DenverStiffs.com. But as I always say, all of my work is always put up on my Twitter, so it's the easiest to find all of it there. Uh, Mark, glad to have you this week. Uh, happy New Year to, uh, everybody <laughs> listening. I uh, hope everybody, uh, was safe on Friday evening and had a good time and made, made good choices. And I hope that, uh, everybody has a good and prosperous year ahead of them. Uh, and as we always say here, stay warm, stay safe, always carry the G and go pack. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.